Welcome back. We're coming to you tonight from the Riverside Theater in downtown Milwaukee with a 360 town hall. The three remaining Republican candidates campaigning hard with the primary here just a week away. We heard so far from Senator Ted Cruz. Right now, the GOP frontrunner, New York businessman Donald Trump. Nice to see you. Thank you very much. Have a seat. Thank you. So we've got a lot of questions from the audience for you on a lot of, uh, a lot of policy issues. I've got to start off with some news of the day topics. Um, your campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, charged with simple battery for grabbing a reporter by the arm. Will he continue as your campaign manager? Yes, he will. Uh, I looked at the tape. I looked. It's my tape. It was one of my places. I have great security and great security cameras. I gave the tape. And frankly, uh, if you look at that, People have looked at it. In fact, I just left another area of Wisconsin. We had a whole big meeting with a whole group of people, a big audience, tremendous audience, and they're all shaking their heads. Give me a break. Give but me a let break. Let me ask you, though. The answer, is, the answer is yes. And by the way, speaking of something else, I watched Ted Cruz. His home state is not Florida. His home state is Texas. It may be Canada, but to the best of my knowledge, it's Texas. So he made that. I, I was surprised you didn't correct him, actually. L let me ask you about Lewandowski. Uh, initially, your campaign said this never happened. There was no video of it. Uh, you came out and said you thought this person was perhaps making it up, this reporter. Lewandowski himself tweeted saying, I never met this reporter. I never touched this, this person. Now the video shows he clearly did touch this person. Well, Whether he, or not you think it was battery me. or not. Touch. He, I don't know what touch means. Well, he I said, look, I never touched I this person. And then she says, oh, look at my arm. I mean, did he mislead you as well? Uh, in not at all. No, not at all. Look, uh, I didn't know we had all these security cameras all over. By the time I found out, I said, well, this is really wonderful. This exonerates him totally. Now, but if it would have happened, you know, she said she went to the ground or something to the effect that she almost went to the ground. She was in pain. She went to the ground. When she found out that there was a security camera and that they had her on tape, all of a sudden that story changed. No, she that's didn't not talk true. She says her story has remained exactly the same. She oh, really? was knocked a little Can bit I off. Can read this to you? Then, yeah, I that said? she was knocked off balance, but she remained standing. Do you, you mind ahead. if I read you her statement? Sure. Yes, huh? I mean, give me a break. You know, the problem is everybody dumps people when there's a, like a sign of a political incorrectness. I'm just going to read, if I can find it. She said she was almost she knocked off balance, uh, but she, she said she standing. was almost knocked off balance. Right? Here's what she said. You want to read it or you want me to do it? You're a professional announcer. Why don't you read it? <laughs> the bottom part. The bottom. Now, that's an exact quote from her prior to seeing the cameras. And now she says, well, I better change my story, I guess. This quote says, I was jolted backwards. Someone had grabbed me tightly by the arm and yanked me down. I almost fell to the ground, but was able to maintain my balance nonetheless. I was shaken. Campaign managers aren't supposed to uh, try to forcefully throw reporters to the ground. Uh, she did not. No, she did not go down the ground. No, no, She's, let me just. Okay. Before she knows, folks, look. I'm a loyal person. I'm going to be loyal to the country. I'm going to be loyal to Wisconsin. We have to tell it like it is. It would be so easy for me to terminate this man, ruin his life, ruin his family. He's got four beautiful children in New Hampshire, ruin his whole everything, and say you're fired, okay? I fired many people, especially in The Apprentice. <laughs> but look what she says, Michelle Fields, who, by the way, she's not a baby, okay? In her own words, exactly, I was jolted backwards. Well, she wasn't, I mean, she's standing there. Someone had grabbed me tightly by the arm, tightly, and yanked me down. She wasn't yanked down. She was like, she didn't even have any expression. If somebody in this audience gets whacked or gets hurt, including me, you get hit a little bit, you go, wow, there's no, no emotion. Okay, wait a minute. I almost fell to the ground. I almost fell to the ground. She didn't almost fall to the ground. 
she, he, he got in her way. And by the way, she was grabbing me. Am I supposed to press charges against her? Oh, my arm is You've hurting. Suggested Anderson, you might. my arm is just killing me. It's never been the same. You've suggested you might. Excuse me. Excuse me. I didn't suggest. Well, I, yeah, you I did. tweeted. No, you, no, I tweeted. Well, well, I, I asked a tweet a is a suggestion. Should I press right. charges? Are you going sure. to? Sure. I don't know. Maybe I should, right? Because you know what? She was, she was grabbing me. And just so you understand, she was off base because she went through the Secret Service. She had a pen in her hand, which Secret Service is not liking because they don't know what it is, whether it's a little bomb or whatever. So it doesn't not... concern you that Excuse initially Corinne Lewandowski said, I never touched her. Uh, and that turns out not he, to be true. I don't think he knew her. I mean, based on what I heard, I don't think he really even knew who she was. To the best of my knowledge, they really didn't know each other. Or he said he doesn't know her. But listen to this. I almost fell to the ground which is untrue, but was able to maintain my balance. She had no trouble with her balance because it's right on tape. Nonetheless, I was shaken. Campaign managers aren't supposed to try to forcefully throw reporters to the ground. She didn't go to the ground. She didn't even have an expression on her face. Do you face. think this Come is on, Anderson. politically motivated? That could be. I don't the, know. The, I, I, I look. I'll tell you what. A friend of mine who's in law enforcement said to me, there's probably not a detective in the world that would have done what they did to him. I mean, people in, in Syria... The state people, attorney's excuse a Democrat. Me, excuse me. Oh, oh, really? Oh, I'm shocked to hear that. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, people are chopping off heads in the Middle East. They're drowning people in cages by 50s. They're drowning. Here's a guy who walks... She shouldn't have been touching me, okay? And you saw that she did that. Yeah, she, she was grabbing me twice. I looked at her. In fact, one of the great pictures is me going like this, like, get away from me. Who is this person? Okay? But my arm, it's never been the same, folks. <laughs> never been the same. So, so let me just tell you. She went through Secret Service. Boom. She grabbed me. And he really stepped in front of her. I didn't see the grab. He stepped in front of her. She wasn't supposed to be asking questions because the press conference lasted for 45 minutes and all questions were done. And I was walking rapidly outside. We were walking but this outside. Is the, the second time that Lewandowski has touched somebody. He did this yeah. to a protester. And, he grabbed the guy what? by the collar. Yeah, okay, something you, which you actually sure. backed him up on. You said. I back, I back people up and I back our country up. Too. But you're, you're the did you see what he did? You. Did you see what he did? did. To the In protest? fact, there's the video. Did right you there. see? Did you see the sign the protester was holding? No, I didn't. Did you see what was on that sign? No. Do me a favor. Take a look at what was on the but sign. Your did you see? Excuse me. Be laying did, hands on excuse anybody. me. Did you see the protester grabbing the woman in front of him, with his hands on her neck? Did you see that? No. Okay. Take a look. You know what he did? He had a shirt with two fingers like this, and then he let go because security was behind him, and they took off. Your opponents are suggesting on the Republican side are suggesting that this says something about your leadership that you're condoning oh, this kind of behavior. I think my leadership is very good. I, I watched Ted Cruz. I watched him. He didn't even know what state he comes from. Okay. I watched him talking about he comes from the state of Florida. Fort Hood is in Texas, by the way. But if you see what he said, I don't know. I was, I was so surprised at you, Anderson, that you let him get away with it. But I'll tell you what, you just take a look. You just take a look at what's going on. I stick up for people when they're right. I would have loved to have fired him. It would have been much easier than talking to you about this all night long. I'd rather talk about the issues, to be honest. But I stick up, right? I stick up for people when people are unjustly accused. And in my opinion, unjustly accused. She's grabbing me. He walks in to stop it. She walked through Secret Service. She had a pen in her hand, which could have been a knife. It could have been just a pen, which is very dangerous. She should not have been doing that. And she didn't fall to the ground. She wasn't dragged to the ground and all of the things that she said, Anderson. I, want to re uh, I, and read I stick up for people, and I don't want to ruin somebody's life. It would have been very easy for me to do so. You know, when I owned Miss Universe, I had the case of a young woman who was very unjustly accused by somebody that you know very well. And I gave her a second chance. And 
I'm very proud of her. She had a tremendous substance abuse problem, and I'm very, Tara, I'm very, very proud of her. I'm very proud of the job she did. I, I want to ask you um, about another tweet you sent. You sent a tweet over the weekend about the death toll in this horrible terror attack in Pakistan over the weekend. Um, right. You talked about the death toll, and then you said, I alone can solve. What I think mean, I alone, because I know my competition. Look, I know my competition. You alone I, among the I Republican I see Hillary candidates. with Benghazi. You know the famous ad, 3 o'clock in the morning? Guess what? The phone rang. She wasn't there. Unless Sydney called. But you're Sydney you're calls, the only there. one who can solve terror problems in Pakistan? I mean, Pakistan... Yeah, of the ones that are running, I'm the only one. I know what I'm running. I know the competition. Uh, and believe me, I know. I watched Ted Cruz. How, though? I mean, so, North... so phony. I mean, you know, I know you have a couple of people out there because you put them in the audience. But it's so false. It's, you know, the whole thing with the five... With the five uh, with the five-second intermissions between sentences. Now, uh, I, yes, I think I am the one to be able to solve the problem. But, I mean, there's problems in a lot of different countries. The problems in the United States. How can you solve the problems all the way over in Pakistan when the Pakistanis themselves are struggling look, with it? Look, Pakistan is a very, very uh, vital uh, problem and, and really vital country for us because they have a thing called nuclear weapons. They have to get a hold of their situation. When I see that and when I see it put in a park because it was... It was mostly Christians, although many others were killed other than Christians. I think it's just absolutely a horrible story. But I'm talking about radical Islamic terrorism. I will solve it far better than anybody else running. Let's talk about nuclear uh, issues, because you talked about this in a really interesting article. One of the very, very big issues, uh, I think maybe the biggest issue of our time. That's what you said to the New York Times. You said you worried about uh, the proliferation of nuclear weapons the most. You also said, though, that you might support Japan and South Korea developing nuclear weapons of their own. Isn't that completely contradictory? No, not at all. Look, you have North Korea has nuclear weapons, and he doesn't have a carrier yet, but he's got nuclear weapons. He soon will have. We don't want to pull the trigger. We, we're just, you know, we have a president, frankly, that doesn't, nobody's afraid of our president. Nobody respects our president. You take a look at what's going on throughout the world. It's not the country that it was. But okay. if you're concerned about proliferation, no, 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 letting not, other countries no, no, get no. nuclear weapons, isn't we that We owe $19 trillion. We have another $2 trillion because of the very, very bad omnibus budget that was just signed. It's a disgrace, which gives, which gives everything that Obama wanted. We get nothing. They get everything. So that's going to be $21 trillion. We are supporting nations now militarily. We are, we are supporting nations like Saudi Arabia, which was making during the good oil days, which was a year ago. Now they're making less, but still a lot, a billion dollars a day. We are supporting them militarily, and they pay us a fraction, a fraction of what they should be paying us and of the cost. We are supporting Japan. Most people didn't even know that. Most people didn't know that we are taking care of Japan's military needs. We're supporting Japan. But it's been we're supporting, policy. excuse me, excuse me, we're supporting Germany. We're supporting South Korea. I order thousands of television sets because I am in the real estate business, you know, my other life. Okay? It's been a U.S. policy, but, though, but, for decades to prevent Japan from getting well, nuclear weapons. That might weapons. be a policy, but South maybe, Korea you, well. can I be honest with you? Maybe it's going to have to be time to change because so many people, you have Pakistan has it, you have China has it. You have so many other countries. So now some proliferation it. is okay? No, no, not some. I hate proliferation. I hate nuclear more than any. My uncle was a professor at MIT, used to tell me about nuclear, used to tell me about the problem. that's contradictory about Japan no, no, no. and South Look, Korea. At some point. How many countries have it? Iran is going to have it very with but one of the worst. Excuse me, one of the dumbest deals I've ever seen signed ever, ever, ever by anybody. Iran is going to have it within ten years. Iran is going to have it. I thought it was a very good interview. So you have with no problem with Japan, Times. South Korea having was, nuclear weapons. Uh, 
at some point, we have to say, you know what? We're better off if Japan protects itself against this maniac in North Korea. We're better off, frankly, if South Korea is going to start to protect itself. Saudi Arabia we nuclear have to, weapons? Saudi Arabia, absolutely. You would be fine with them having nuclear weapons? No, not nuclear no. weapons, okay. but they have to protect themselves or they have to pay us. Here's the thing. With Japan, they have to pay us or... We have to let them protect themselves. So, if, But if you say to Japan, yes, it's fine, you get nuclear weapons, South Korea, you as well, and Saudi Arabia says we can want I, them can too. Can I be honest with you? It's going to happen anyway. It's going to happen anyway. It's, it's only a question of time. They're going to start having them, or we have to get rid of them entirely. But you have so many countries already, China, Pakistan, you have so many countries, Russia, you have so many countries right now that have them. Now, wouldn't you rather, in a certain sense, have Japan have nuclear weapons when North Korea has nuclear weapons? And they do have them. They absolutely have them. They can't, they have no carrier system yet, but they will very soon. Wouldn't you rather have Japan, perhaps, they're over there, they're very close, they're very fearful of North Korea, and we're supposed to protect. So you're saying you don't want more nuclear weapons in the world, but you're okay with Japan and South Korea having nuclear weapons. I don't want more nuclear, nuclear weapons. weapons. I think that, you know, when I hear Obama get up and say the biggest threat to the world today is global warming, I say, is this guy kidding? The only global warming, the only global warming I'm worried about is nuclear global warming, because that's the single biggest threat. So it's not that I'm a fan. We can't afford it anymore. We're sitting on a tremendous bubble. We're going to be, again, $21 trillion. We don't have money. So you have no security you know, you concerns about the money, Japan and South Korea getting nuclear weapons. When you see all of the money that our country is spending on military, we're not really spending it for ourselves. We're protecting all these nations all over the world. We can't afford to do it anymore. But isn't there benefit for the United States in having a security? Isn't there benefit for the United States in having a security? There's a benefit, but not big enough to bankrupt and destroy the United States because that's what's happening. We can't afford it. It's very simple. Now, I would rather see Japan having some form of defense and maybe even offense against North Korea because we're not pulling the trigger. Now, the bottom line on North Korea is China, if they wanted to, they're a tremendous supplier of North Korea. They have tremendous power over North Korea. If they wanted to, if they weren't toying with us, Anderson, China would be the one that would get in and could make a deal in one day. Okay? I, I, want to, I want to bring it to the audience just a moment. Uh, just the last question before we do. I got to ask you about this back and forth between you and Senator Cruz uh, about wives. Uh, after saying that you were going to spill the beans about Heidi Cruz, you retweeted an unflattering picture of her next to a picture of your wife. I thought it was a nice picture of Heidi. I thought it was fine. Come on. I thought it was fine. She's a pretty you're, woman. You're running for president of the excuse United me, excuse States. Excuse me. I didn't start it. That's, I didn't start it. But, sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. No, it's not the, yeah, no, it's the, the argument, argument of a five-year-old. I mean, he started it. You would it. say that. That's the problem with our country. Every parent that's, knows that's a kid who a says he started Excuse it. me. No, no, no. That's, that, that's the problem. Exactly that thinking is the problem this country has. I did not start this. He sent out a picture, and he knew very well he it was a picture. He didn't send out a picture. It was an a picture of a cover story. Anderson. Super PAC It was a out. cover story of a picture taken by Antoine Verglas, one of the great photographers of the world, by the way. My wife was a very, very, very successful, successful model, model like one of the most. It was a picture for the cover of GQ, which is a decent, that. which is a very good magazine. This wasn't even, a pro, it wasn't even a pro-Trump uh, super people, PAC, it was an anti-Trump super PAC. They were pack. Romney people. Romney is, you know, very embarrassed that he did so badly four years ago. The guy choked like a dog Do and he lost an election. He sent that it he out? No, everybody knows he sent it out. He knew the people in the super PAC. He knew that I, I would be willing to bet he wrote the phrase, you know, this is, would you like to have this as your first lady? And a lot of people said yes, actually, if you want to know the truth. But, but she was a, a magnificent model. She took a picture with one of the great photographers of the world. They put it on GQ. All of a sudden, we see this picture going all over to Utah just before the election. And by the way, 
But when he said we had a big day, we won Utah. Excuse me. I won Arizona with far more delegates. And as you probably saw 25 minutes ago, so maybe you didn't see it, uh, the vote was just counted in Missouri and I won Missouri too. Congratulations. Good, but Pick you, up I mean, another look, $12 or $13. I've been, I mean, I've been interviewing your, your wife. She's lovely. She's, you know, very intelligent. Heidi Cruz, I have an interviewer. She seems like, you know, a very intelligent, very accomplished person as well. Can you just leave wives out of Absolutely. This? I'd like to do it. But, but why, why retweet? Okay. Why I would retweet love to somebody? Do it. I'd love, I'd, I really would rather talk about nuclear proliferation. I know, but you okay? act as if it's retweeting a more is not subject. an endorsement. Let, let me just tell you something. I would love to do it. I didn't send the photo to everybody in the state of Utah. He did. He knew about it. It was his people. It were his friends. What, it was a pact. Let it go, though. Do you have to retweet some no, random person I sending you? A- things, I don't let things go so easy. And let me just tell you something. I don't let the And If I were running the country, I wouldn't have people taking advantage of the United States in trade and in every other way either. Believe me, I wouldn't have China walking away with trade deficits of five hundred and five billion dollars a year. I wouldn't have Mexico laughing at us how stupid we are with trade deals and at the border. I wouldn't let Japan get away with their doing with the you know devaluation of the yen. China big league devaluation. No, I when Can somebody you say tonight though no more stuff about. Oh, absolutely! Why. I don't want to talk about that. It's ridiculous to be talking. All right, about let's that. go to the let's go to the audience. I want you to meet. Uh, Retired Lieutenant Brian Murphy, he was the first officer to respond to the Sikh Temple massacre in Oak Creek uh, and was shot 15 times. His fellow officer who's standing next to him, Sam Linda. <laughs> Sam Linda took out... Great. His, his fellow officer standing next to him, Sam Linda, took out the shooter that day, is also with us. We want to just, first of all, take a moment to thank both of them for their service and their actions. Brian, Brian has a question for you tonight. He says he's, uh, he likes Governor Kasich, but he's still undecided. So, Brian? Good evening, Mr. Trump. I have a question. In light of the Brussels and Paris attacks, One of the quickest knee-jerk reactions is the backlash against specific minority religious groups. This, in turn, brings about things that cause damage all over. In Milwaukee, you heard about the Sikh temple shooting. Six people were killed. Ninety-nine percent of the men in the United States who wear turbans are actually Sikh and not Muslim. How would you suggest we help educate the public and not alienate these groups? And at the same time, how do we protect the constitutional rights of minority groups like the Muslim, Sikh, Hindu, and Jews, while still addressing radical Islamization? Well, Brian, thank you for the question. We have a tremendous problem with radical Islam, whether we like it or we don't. We have a president who won't talk about it. I mean, Ted was saying the same thing. We have a president that won't talk about it. Why he won't talk about it, perhaps only he knows. But it's a disgrace what's going on. We have a serious, serious problem. And when I called for a temporary ban, I thought that was a very bad thing for me to do politically, but I felt I should do it. And I didn't know that I would go up in the poll as opposed to down. I did that because I really felt there had to be something done. That was after the uh, horrible San Bernardino, California situation, uh, after obviously Paris, which was terrible. You know, we talk about Paris with the gun-free zones and we talk about Paris with their strong gun laws, by the way. Nobody had guns except for the bad guys. If we would have had guns on the other side going in terms of Second Amendment having to do if bullets were, and the same thing with San Bernardino. 
If bullets were going in the opposite direction, you wouldn't have had the problems that you had in those two places, that I can tell you. So I think we have to be extremely careful with our Second Amendment, and we have to cherish our Second Amendment. Very important. But I would, I would say this. When I called for uh, the temporary banning, we have to look at it. We have a serious problem. I think you'll admit that, Brian. We have a very, very serious problem with radical Islam. And if we don't want to discuss it, and if we don't want to look at it, we're never going to solve the problem. We have to be extremely strong with ISIS. We have to wipe ISIS off the face of the earth so fast and so violently. We have no choice. We have no choice. And I was against the war in Iraq, okay? I am not a fast trigger. I'm exactly the opposite of that. We should have never gone in to destabilize the Middle East. But I will tell you this. We got out. Obama got us out very badly. Instead of leaving some troops and instead of giving a date, instead of, you know, the exact time, I would say this, though, we have, we have no choice but to look at that. We have to be very, very vigilant, very smart. And frankly, Brian, we have to be very, very tough the, because the other, it's only going to get worse. Thousands of people are being allowed into this country over short periods of time, coming supposedly from Syria. We have no idea who they are. We have no idea where is their paperwork. They have no paperwork. They have no identification. The other, They're coming the other, into this country, and it's, a, it's going to be a big, big problem. The other, though, part of Lieutenant Murphy's question was about protecting the rights of minority groups, of, of Muslims, of Sikhs, of Jews, and others inside the United States. Um, I, I want to do that also, and I do want to do that. But at the same time, we have to recognize we have a serious problem. Well, let, me fo let me follow up on that. You, agree you said you had agreed the other day, I think you said you agreed with Senator Ted Cruz's proposal in the wake of the Brussels attacks that law enforcement should, and I quote, patrol and secure Muslim neighborhoods before they become radicalized. I talked to him about this in the last hour. Bill Braddon, Commissioner, the, the Chief of Police in, your, like very much. in your home excellent. city, Chief of Police under uh, Giuliani, as well as now uh, de Blasio again, also back, uh, out in L.A. He said about Ted Cruz's proposal, we do not patrol and secure neighborhoods based on selective enforcement because of race or religion. Mm -hmm. Is he okay. wrong? I think we have to be extremely vigilant in those areas. I think we have to look very seriously at the mosques. Uh, lots of things are happening in the mosques. That's been proven. You look at what's going on in Paris where mosques are being closed, okay? And we have to look very, very seriously. There's a lot of Muslims mosques. in America who hear that. We got it saying, you saying we got to look know, seriously at the well, mosques. Let me just tell you something. Okay. And get worried. In San Bernardino, people knew what was going on. These two people, he probably became radicalized through her. Who knows? And frankly, right now, it doesn't matter. But these two people went and killed their coworkers, et cetera, et cetera, in their apartment or their house, in their place where they lived. They had bombs all over the apartment. Do you they trust had, excuse me. They had bombs on the floor. Many people saw this. Many, many people, Muslims, living with them in the same area. They saw that house. They saw that. One didn't want to turn them in. He said, uh, I don't want to turn them in because I don't want to be accused of racial profiling. He saw bombs all over the apartment, okay? It's just an excuse. Do you trust it's a legal Muslims excuse. in America? Do I what? Trust Muslims in America. Uh, many of them I do. Many of them I do. And some, I guess, we don't. Some, I guess, we don't. We have a problem. And we can try and be very politically correct and pretend we don't have a problem. But, Anderson, we have a major, major problem. This is, in a sense, this is a war. I Some mean, special you know, nobody wants to call it a war. Excuse me. Nobody wants to call it a war. It's a war. There's a war. The difference is, it's not like you're fighting Germany or Japan where they have a uniform, we have a uniform, everybody has a different uniform. We don't know where these people are. I want you to meet uh, Jeff Johns. He's a financial consultant. He's uh, said he is on the Trump train as of this Well, morning. I like him. I like him. <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew you would. I like yeah. him. Thank you for uh, coming to the great city of Milwaukee. Thank Ms. you, Jeff. 
Mr. Trump, you have a high net worth in the billions of dollars, but many people don't think that you're a successful businessman. They refer to your inherited wealth and how yeah. it's just uh, attract the pace of the average market index. Mr. Trump, what do you say to those people that do not think that you're a successful yeah, businessman? I, I love the question because it's such a lies. I started off in Brooklyn. My father was a builder in Brooklyn. Brooklyn had not a lot of value. Brooklyn was not a great place to be. I wanted to always go into Manhattan. Uh, my father, my first deal was, and my first loan was a million dollars from my father, which was a loan I, I had to pay him back. I did numerous deals in Manhattan. My father said, don't go into Manhattan. You, it's not our territory. We can't do that. It's not for us. Uh, I started off with a very, very small amount of money. And by the way, when my father passed away, remember, I have four, I have a total of five in my family. So we have brothers, sisters split. Uh, and when my father died, by that time, I had already built a great fortune. And my father didn't leave a great fortune. It was Brooklyn and Queens real estate. And it wasn't a great fortune. But now what they do is they, they build it up like, oh, he left Donald money. I started off, and, I, and you understand, you know the true answer because you're somebody that understands me and you understand where it started. I started off with $1 million, and now I'm worth over $10 billion. And I filed my papers with the election committees, with the federal election, and people in your world, in your profession, are down there or have been down there all the time, and they can't believe how great those papers are. Very little debt, some of the greatest assets in the world, some of the greatest assets in the world, and very importantly, tremendous cash flow. And I don't say that in a bragging way. I say that because that's the kind of thinking that our country needs. And I want to say this. Before my father died, he said, everything Donald touches turns to gold. It's absolutely. He was so proud of me. But I borrowed very little money from my father. What I did borrow, and the thing that really helped me with my father, was his knowledge. He was an excellent negotiator. He was an excellent builder. But he built in Brooklyn and Queens. There wasn't that much money in Brooklyn and Queens. A lot of other candidates have released tax returns. You say you, you won't release them because you're being audited. There's some people who doubt you're even being audited or have been oh, audited as much as... I'll give you a letter to as... that. Would you like a letter? I'll give you can a letter. You, I'll give can... it to you. Sure. Absolutely. And being some, some people have raised and that as a doubt. And only a fool would give a tax return. So, so you can audited? offer evidence that you are being audited or have been audited? I'll give you a letter from the say. biggest firm in Washington that does my work for me. All right. Okay. Uh, I want you to meet uh, uh, Robert uh, Keitlinger. He's retired from the U.S. Army after serving in Iraq and Afghanistan. He's now a student at Marquette University. And he says he's going to be proud. Welcome. Robert? Good evening, Mr. Trump. <clears throat> in your opinion, what are the top three functions of the United States government? Say it again. In your opinion, what are the top three functions of the United States government? Well, the, the greatest function of all by far is security for our nation. Uh, I would also say health care. I would also say education. I mean, there are many, many things. But uh, I would say uh, the top three are security, security, security. We have to have security for our country so that we can continue to exist as a country. We are in danger. Thousands and thousands of people are infiltrating our country. We don't know who they are. There is a very vicious world. We're living in a very vicious world. And we're doing something that is against a lot of very smart people's wishes. I can tell you it's totally against my wishes. So top three, you're saying security? Security. Uh, I would say, I, I say all top three are security. But health care, education would be probably three. That would be top. Uh, and then you can go on from there. But the military and the secure country, so that we have a country, Believe me, we've never been in a position, in my opinion, where our country is so vulnerable. 
our military has been eaten away. When General Oriano left recently, a year ago, I was watching him on maybe your show, one of the shows, and he said that the United States Army, the United States military forces have never been so, and I think he used the word depleted, but basically he said they're exhausted. So just to follow up, though. And, and I, that's a pretty... That's a pretty sad commentary. And honestly, even though he was retiring at the time, and I had a lot of respect from good man, but even though he was leaving at the time, people shouldn't say that because you're giving the enemy ideas. But if I get in, our military will be bigger, better, stronger than ever before. It's the cheapest thing we can do. So in terms of federal government role, you're saying security, but you also say health care and education should be provided well, by those, the federal those government. Those are two of the things. Yeah, sure. There are, I mean, there are obviously many things. Housing, providing uh, great neighborhoods. Because aren't you uh, against the federal government's involvement in education? Don't you want it to devolve to state? No, I want it to go to state. Yeah, absolutely. I want, so that's right not now, part of what the federal government's oh, role is. the federal government, be. but the concept of the country is, is the concept that we have to have education within the country, and we have to get rid of Common Core, and it should be brought to the state level. Absolutely. And federal health care run uh, by the federal government. Uh, health care. We need health care for our people. We need a good Obamacare is a disaster. But it's is that what the federal be, government should be doing? Uh, it, the government can lead it, but it should be privately done. It should be privately done so that health care, in my opinion, we should probably have uh, we have to have private health care. We don't have competition in health care. The problem that we have in our country is we don't have competition. It's made because the politicians oh, by the way, I'm self-funding. I am self-funding, so the health care companies aren't taking care of me, but they're Let taking me... care of everyone else. Wait one second. We don't have, we don't have bidding. We don't have competition in health care, and it's a disaster. Obamacare, you're, if you take a look at your premiums, they're going up 35, 45, 55 percent, and the deductibles are so high you'll never get to use it. You, you, you always say you're self-funding. How much do you think has, your campaign has cost so much? Are you, Me, in the past, you've said $25 I, I million. You, so. I'd say I'm, a, I'm in right now for... Now, I'm in for about $35 million right now. Okay. We take about, the, the small loans, the people that spe- send $17.50 or $250, even $1,000. You solicit but I don't those say, on your website. No, I sell hats and shirts. Sure, no, but you do solicit donations no, I, on your I, website. I don't really think so. I think, yeah, you do. I think, you have, you have okay, two whatever, spots where you do. Whatever. It's peanuts, okay? It's, it's not peanuts. It's $7 million. It's Look, a lot of I'll money. I'll tell you what. What I've done is I'm in for about $35 million. It's about a third of your campaign is no, funded not, by other no, people. No, it's not. Not a third. Whatever the hats are, they it's, also cost something. I mean, well, they according to the FEC, you've, you've raised more than, I think, $7 million me, last let me, time let I let checked. Let me put it differently. From individual donations. I am not soliciting money from insurance companies and from lumber companies. And from banks and from if I did, I would have made Jeb Bush look like a baby. I have turned down more 10 million dollar offers. Just the other night, I'm in Florida and a very, very rich friend of mine comes up. Donald, I'd like to give you 10 million dollars. I'd like to give you I'll give you anything. You've you've actually been loaning your campaign a lot of money. Are you going to have your campaign pay you back? I doubt it, but it just seems to be the way. But that's a possibility. Can I be honest? Yeah. I never even thought about it. Okay. Never even thought. It just seems to be the way the lawyers set it up. But I am in right now. I put in my money, about $35 million. I think in, in terms of small donations, I think we've received $6 million. Uh, up till this point, and a lot of that seven, is, excuse but... me, a lot of that's the selling of merchandise and things like that. I, I want to, uh... There's no influence over me. It's not like the banks are giving me money and I'm going to do favors for the banks. You look at Ted Cruz, 
the banks are giving him a lot of money. The oil and gas is giving him a lot of money. A lot of people are giving him a lot of money. And by the way, super PACs are a disaster, and they're a disaster waiting to happen, folks. And if they're not gotten rid of, it's only going to get worse. Believe I want to introduce you to Amelia Roll. She's a journalism student at the University of Wisconsin. She says her first choice is Senator Cruz, but you're her second pick. Oh, that's nice. Here's your chance to win her over. <laughs> Amelia? Mr. Trump, thank you so much for being here tonight. Mr. Trump, in a recent interview with the Washington Post, you said that the U.S. should become a diminishing presence in NATO. Why, Absolutely. Why do you think that the U.S. Okay. should start to withdraw their world presence from NATO, and what would you change about the organization so that we could remain involved? Okay. I did two basic and very large interviews yeah. recently. I did the New York Times, which treated me unbelievably fairly, and there was a front-page story on... Sunday, or I think, yeah. and it was a great story, and it, it, part of it was NATO, and the other was the Washington Post, where I, I think said... you talked to them longer than any other candidate, by the way, or on the I spoke to the side. Times yeah. longer? Well, I spoke to them a long time. David, he's a very talented writer, actually, and they treated me very fairly. Uh, I also did the Washington Post, where I said very similar things and very similar things about NATO. Uh, let me tell you, NATO is obsolete. It was 67 years, or it's over 60 years old. Uh, it is many countries doesn't cover terrorism, okay? It covers the Soviet Union, uh, which is no longer in existence. And NATO has to either be rejiggered, rechanged, you know, changed for the better. I'm not saying the other thing that's bad about NATO, we're paying too much. We're spending a tremendous billions and billions of dollars on NATO. You're saying it's obsolete, though. You have now Vladimir Putin uh, invading Crimea, annexing part of right. Ukraine, annexing well, let me, Crimea. Let me tell you about Ukraine, first of all. Uh, there are countries that surround. You have countries that surround Ukraine. They don't talk. They don't seem to have a problem. I'm not saying go in. I'd say you'd be very strong. You could be strong without necessarily even being into NATO. The money we spend. The money we spend is astronomical on NATO. Okay. The you Ukraine. Really NATO is obsolete. I think it's largely obsolete. Yeah, it's got to be changed. It's got to be. You don't. You don't talk about terror. Our single biggest threat right now is terror. Okay. Now that's an amorphous term, but it's terror. Our single biggest threat. So you would is like that. to see an organization revamped, either NATO either revamped, revamped or NATO. Another. Now, if you do that, you're going to obviously have to add different nations in because you have nations that aren't in NATO that are very much into the world of terror, both in terms of causing it and receiving it. So you probably have to either start something or you have to do something. When you look at Brussels, hey, look, you remember a couple of months ago, I made a statement about Brussels. I said it's a hellhole. That's because it's a financial, very big financial capital. Many of my friends are there. They know exactly what's going on. I haven't been there in many years. I was there. It was a beautiful city. Now it's not good. And I said it was a hellhole. The New York Times attacked me rather viciously for calling a place a hellhole. Two months later, we had the attack, and it turned out I was right. It's a hellhole. And on Twitter and all over the place, they're saying Trump was right, Trump was right. I understand this stuff. I mean, I really do understand this stuff. NATO is obsolete. Now, that doesn't mean it can't be rejiggered and it can't be fixed and made good or And for you, it's that's possible. largely a financial component, that when you talk about We're rejiggering too much. You have countries in NATO. I think it's 28 countries. Okay. You have countries in NATO that are getting a free ride, and it's unfair. It's very unfair. The United States cannot afford to be the policeman of the world anymore, folks. We have to rebuild our own country. We have to stop with this stuff. You have, as an example, Ukraine. You don't have Germany talking about Ukraine. You don't have many of the countries in NATO talking about it. It's always us. We're always the first one out. We have very big problems in our country, very, very big problems. NATO has to be either changed 
or we have to do something. And we shouldn't be paying most of the cost of NATO because it's unfair. It's unfair to our taxpayers and to our people. We've got we to take a quick break. We're going to have more uh, with Donald Trump right after the short break when our 360 Republican Town Hall continues from the Riverside Theater in downtown Milwaukee. for answers to help them decide. Before we go back to the audience, uh, I want to ask you a question that I asked to Senator Cruz as well. More than six months ago, you pledged to support the Republican nominee, whoever that may be. A lot has changed since then. It sounded, when I was pressing Senator Cruz on it, sounded like he was saying he'd have a hard time supporting somebody who he, went he after his honestly, wife. Honestly, he doesn't have to support me. I'm not asking for support. Would, I, do I you want, do you I want continue, the people's support. Do you he continue to honestly, pledge whoever the Republican to, nominee is? Uh, no, I don't anymore. Look, uh, you don't? I, no, we'll see who it is. I you mean, won't promise to support the Republican nominee? And he was essentially saying the same thing. Let, let me just tell you, uh, he doesn't have to support me. I have tremendous support right now from the people. I'm way over two million votes more than him. I have many, many more delegates than him. I like many, many more delegates. Uh, as I said before, you know, he was talking about his great victory the night Utah. Well, I won Arizona. Many more delegates. Many, many more delegates. Um, I don't really want him to do something that he's not comfortable with. Just like I can't imagine Jeb Bush. Look, I beat these people badly. I beat Jeb Bush. I beat the governor of the state. The governor of the state came in. He was uh, favored to win. He was at 22 points. Then he said something bad about me, and I hit him very hard, and he went boom. And he left the race. He so was just, very just, just so I'm I don't clear, want to make people uncomfortable. I don't need their support. Now, maybe it'll be a negative. Maybe it won't. So the pledge you took is null and void. The idea of I, I have been, supporting I have whoever treated, the Republican nominee is, you say you will no longer guarantee that you will support the Republican nominee. I have been treated very unfairly. Nominee. Look, I won the state of Missouri, right? No, I have. Uh, Cruise people. Uh, I've, been treated, I've been treated very unfairly. Uh, I'll give you an example. Unfairly I by won, who? Uh, I think by basically the RNC, the Republican Party, the establishment. Uh, you have a guy like Mitt Romney who lost miserably, who did a terrible job. He ran a horrible, horrible campaign. The last month of that, I, I helped him. I raised him a million dollars. Do you think the RNC is plotting Excuse to take me. this away from you uh, at the convention? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think you'd have a lot of very upset people if that happened. Just so you understand. Uh, when Romney came out against me, he ran one of the worst races in the history of presidential politics. He ought to sit back and root for us instead of being a negative force. And we have, you know, others also. I'm bringing millions. The biggest story in all of politics worldwide right now, and I think you might agree to this, is what's happened. Millions of people are coming in and voting, in all fairness for me. And watching and being involved and in the process. And watching and all of this. Uh, your ratings tonight will be... Excellent, right? Uh, the, the debate you had were 23 million people. Uh, if I, I, I don't want so to say what, this what, braggingly. I'm just telling you, if I weren't in it, so you would have had your decision, what, 4 million people? In the off chance that you're not the Republican nominee, what would go into your decision of whether or not well, you I'll would support the Republican I'll see who nominee. it is. I mean, I'm not looking to hurt anybody. I love the Republican Party. If it was Senator Ted respect. Cruz, would you support uh, that? Look, here's my thing on Chris. Uh, a lot of nasty things have been said. I'm a very honorable guy, and I'm a very honest guy. I don't do, I would have never done what he did to Ben Carson, who, by the way, endorsed me. 
I would have never gone to Iowa and said, Ben Carson has left the race. He is gone, 100%. Vote for me. And they usher people into the caucus and they try and get him to vote for Ted Cruz. A lot of people left Ben Carson. Ben Carson's an honorable guy. That was a terrible thing to do. There were other terrible things to do. And I, I honestly, I watched him tonight with you. And I watched how tormented he was when you asked him that question. I don't want to have him torment. I don't want to have him be tormented. Let me just tell you, I don't want his support. I don't need his support. I want him to be comfortable. Now, if he wants to support me, that'd be wonderful, because I think I'm going to win. But, but let me just tell you, I watched him, you know, skirt around like any politician would, skirt around the issue. I don't want to make people like Jeb Bush like Ted Cruz, like Governor Walker. I mean, Governor Walker, I hit him very hard after he hit me, but I hit him very hard and I drove him out of the race. I drove Jeb Bush out of the race. I drove Rand Paul out of the race. I understand why they don't like me. And I don't want people that, I don't want people to do something against their will, Anderson. I could see that he was uh, having a hard time with a very simple question that you asked him. Would you support? Well, uh, uh, I think I'm, uh, I'm gonna win. Okay, he doesn't have to do it. He doesn't have to support me. I really don't believe I need his support. I'd love to have everybody if support. There was you a, know what? I'm a unifier. Believe it or not, I'm a unifier. If there was you a contested convention. Someday you will see that. If there was a contested convention and you didn't get the nomination and someone else was brought in, uh, Paul Ryan, for instance, would you support? Well, let, let me explain. So he was very nice. He called me uh, the other day last week and he was very nice. But then I read reports that he's having meetings with people about, you know, some clandestine things. Let's see what happens. But, but uh, he was very nice when he called. And uh, I assume he's being straight with me. I hope he's being straight with me because what he said was very appropriate. I'm the front runner by a lot. I, I'm beating Ted Cruz by millions of votes, millions of votes. Uh, the Republican Party is doing, it's a phenomena. Uh, the and this was not going to happen with the Republican Party. People that never voted before, Democrats and independents are pouring in and voting in for me. In Louisiana, you won. I won. Ted Cruz to got, show you how Ted corrupt Cruz the system more delegates, is. You threatened to sue. I won. Well, I'm going to see. I mean, I never heard of that before. You know, I'm a very, I'm an American. If you but win an election, just, you're supposed to Isn't that to just Sarah Graves? Didn't no. he just have, he just no, no, let me, let me worked tell you, you on the ground no, and no, getting no, delegates? No. Well, look, in Missouri, I just, it was just announced. I won. I figured, uh, in fact, they actually found that after a tabulation that I got 300 and some odd more votes than I had the first time, which is, you know, after two weeks or three weeks of tabulation, which gives me another 12 or 13 delegates. It was just announced a little while ago, just before I went on the air. I, I will say this, Louisiana. I went to Louisiana. I have a great relationship with the people of Louisiana. They're great people. I won the election. I was down there the night before. We had an airplane hangar. You wouldn't believe it, packed with people screaming. I won the election. And then it's all about the delegates. So I won. And then I find out that I got 10 votes less, 10 delegates less than the guy who lost. I beat him. But, did, rather but those are the rules. I mean, his campaign had a better ground game okay. in Louisiana. I don't know. I don't think I, I don't call it a ground game. I call it uh, they were bad able to get politics. More delegates. I call it bad politics. When somebody goes in and wins the election and gets less okay. delegates than the guy that lost, I don't think that's right. All right. I want you to meet uh, Jim Zeiser. He's a, uh, the CEO of a valve manufacturing company that's been in the family for three generations. He says he's undecided. He's leaning in your favor. Jim. Thank you. Good. Welcome. That's what I like to hear. Hello, Mr. Trump. As a um, world leader or any leader, you need compassion yeah. and a willingness to make compromises. Can you give me an example of a time you have learned from your behavior and changed the way you have done something going forward? Yeah. Um, 
I am somebody, Jim, thank you. I am somebody that believes in flexibility. And if you notice uh, Ted Cruz and mostly him, uh, he says he will change, he will negotiate, he will this. Look, you don't have to stand on the floor of the United States Senate for a day and a half and rant and rave while all the other senators are laughing at you. And by the way, not endorsing him. Senator Jeff Sessions, one of the most respected men in the Senate, endorsed me. And, and frankly, and, he was, and he's a great man. And by the way, Jeff Sessions is a great man with great, great knowledge. And Ted Cruz thought he was going to get that endorsement. He, was, he would speak about Jeff Sessions all the time. Then Jeff Sessions came out and endorsed me. You need flexibility. And I talk about it all the time. You need to be able to negotiate great deals. You know, it's not all about uh, signing executive orders, because this is something that came in. That wasn't the way our founders thought that this country was going to win. You have to get, now, I'll make great deals. I'll make conservative deals. I'm going to make wonderful deals. But you have to do it the old-fashioned way, like Ronald Reagan did with Tip O'Neill. Do, do you have a specific, though, for him on a, a specific example that you've changed your behavior, uh, changed the way you've done something going forward, or learned from something you've done that you didn't like the way it turned out? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I have many, many things that I've done. I have many things that I've changed course on. I mean, I've changed course on many, many things. Uh, I was not... I, actually, I have. I've been. Any uh, specifics? Well, I mean, you could say I, I am, as you know, I'm pro-life, and I was originally pro-choice. I will say this, that as a developer and as a businessman, I'm not sure I was ever even asked the question, are you pro-life, pro-choice? And it was not something that, as one of the magazines recently said, Donald Trump is a world-class businessman. He was never asked those questions before. But, you know, if I was asked those questions years ago, it's something I never really gave much thought to. But I've made certain changes. I, wanna, I have evolved. I talk about evolving all the time. I want to follow and, and by the way, you know who else evolved? Is Ronald Reagan evolved. Because Ronald Reagan signed one of the toughest abortion laws, you know, in favor of abortion in California, he, that have been signed in many, many years. And yet he was a great president and a pretty conservative. He wasn't very conservative, but he was a pretty conservative president. You said on the radio right here in Wisconsin the other day that you do apologize and you believe in apologizing. When was the last time you actually apologized for something? Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I do believe. I, I, I don't know. I, I'll think. Can I think? But, but look, I do believe in apologizing if you're wrong. But if you're not wrong, I don't believe in apologizing. For instance, I could have apologized. You brought up, we started this with Corey, my campaign manager. Uh, will you apologize? I said, apologize for what? I see the tape. Apologize for what? I'd love to apologize. It would be so much easier. Apologize, Corey, you're fired. But you don't know That's any specific way. example that you apologize. Yeah, I, I mean, apologize. Uh, I apologize to my mother years ago for using foul language. Um, <laughs> I apologize to my wife for not being presidential on occasion. She's always saying, darling, be more presidential. She told me she's talked to you about that. No, she does, because she thinks I'm very presidential. Uh, the last debate, and by the way, Cruz talks about, I don't want to date. I debated this guy like She didn't like you reusing times. the word, uh, a, a, a dirty word or a bad word, I guess. I sound she like doesn't a like even a little bit. That somebody word. in your audience shouted out and you repeated. She, she didn't oh, like that. Oh, she didn't like that. And, and really, it was just a repeat, but that didn't work out too well. No, she didn't. <laughs> repeats don't work either. And it wasn't a horrible What is it with you? Like, repeats and retweets yeah, know, don't retweets. count. You know, do you ever notice? My biggest problems are repeats and retweets. I don't get in problem with what I say. It's when I repeat. Well, maybe that's one of those things you should learn from your behavior and not retweet things. You're right. You're right. I think so. Just some free advice. That I agree. That I agree. So I I will say this, though. Uh, My wife and Ivanka 
said, like on the last debate, because the debates have been pretty rough. And I really felt I had to be rough because it's coming at me from all different angles. Don't forget, I've been at the middle of the podium, the middle of the stage for every single debate. I've enjoyed debate. I never debated. Cruz has challenged you to debate him. Give me a break. The guy's challenged me. He's lost every debate. Every single you don't, drudge, you wouldn't debate him one on one. Whether it's, I think we've had enough questions from the same people, including you, in all due respect. How many I, times can the same people? Yet, how many right. times, Anderson, can the same people ask the same question? It's just you get tired of it. Now, but as I've president, had, you're going to be asked the same questions for four or eight years. Twelve debates with Cruz. Every single drudge, they do an online poll right after the debate, Time Magazine, Slate, many, many groups do. I think I've won every single poll by a lot on debating. I have nothing to prove anymore. So no, no more debate. I don't see where it's necessary. I mean, look, you're asking me all of these questions tonight. Frankly, I think this is much better than a debate. The debates, they give you uh, 15 seconds of what would you do in terms of war and peace, okay? <laughs> Honestly, I think this is I think this is a much better format. I'm happy to keep and having it's these not conversations. Easier. I don't think it's easier. I think debating is probably easier because you're just talking so little. I want to uh, say bring in. Sorry. Uh, so I hope you change your mind. I hope you're going to be with me. <laughs> sorry. Hold on. Sorry, John. Uh, I want you to meet uh, John Pagel. Thanks yes, very hi, much. John. He's a dairy farmer. He's got 5,000 cows. We had another dairy farmer ask a question for Senator Cruz earlier. John says he's leaning in your favor, still listening to the other candidates. John, welcome. Uh, Mr. Hi, Trump. John. Hi. Uh, welcome to the Chief State. Good. And the, Great the question state. that I have, it, it, Wisconsin is an amazing state, but our number one economic driver, which is the dairy industry and the cheese industry, is right behind it, uh, is being challenged right now by having a labor force that is dependent on an immigration policy. And we've got over 10,000 farms in this state. And with that being so such a strong economic driver, if we don't have a strong immigration policy that will give us the opportunity to keep the ones that we have here and provide a vehicle to bring new ones in from Mexico legally. Legally? It could, it could, ah. Legally. I, I created, uh, legally. Legally. You said the it, word. Yeah. but. Can you develop a policy that will give us that, give us the people that we have here to stay here and do the jobs and create a policy that can bring yeah. people in to fill the jobs? We're down to a 3.5% unemployment rate north of Milwaukee, so that we can't steal any more people from somebody else's industry because that's what everybody's doing at this point. Yeah. So how do we fill the jobs, and the good-paying jobs, good. how do we fill those jobs? Okay, so here's where you are. You're in the same position as the California grape growers because they need people to come in, and it's seasonal in that case, very seasonal, uh, less seasonal in your case, but still seasonal. And people will be able, if they can't get, people will be able to come in legally. See, you said the word. Right now, we have illegal immigration. We have illegals all over the country. We have at least 11 million. Some people think it could be 31 million. It's somewhere in between. It's probably 12, 13, 14. We have no idea what we're doing. Uh, if you have an industry like California grapes, like perhaps what you're talking about in Wisconsin. We're going to let people come in, but they're going to come in legally. They're going to come in through a visa program, and they're going to come in legally. And it's going to work out beautifully. You will not be affected. We don't want to affect businesses. We want to grow businesses. The other part of your question, and I think a thing that we really have to talk about, is trade, because a lot of people are sending goods over to other countries, and, the, and especially goods that can spoil, like what you do. They send over to other countries, and the other countries refuse to accept them. And yet we accept their goods without tax, without anything. We are going to straighten out our trade policy so that you're going to get a lot more business. 
We've, yeah. got, we've got time for one more question from the audience. Uh, this is Andy uh, Bowen. She's from uh, Shorewood and homeschools her two daughters. She says she's leaning in your favor for the primary next week. Andy, welcome. Thank you. Hi, Andy. Thank you. Hi, Mr. Trump. Um, my 93-year-old father is so impressed with all of your kids, That's good. especially with your two sons. And when they're on television being interviewed, he will often say, why can't Donald Trump be more like his sons <laughs> who are... Who are so well-spoken and calm. And so my question to you, Mr. Trump, is could you possibly look to your sons as examples of how not to be quite so reactionary? And also congratulations on raising such fine young people. Thank you, you must very be much. very it's, proud. I think I love that question. I'm not <laughs> Can I be honest? I have so many compliments on my children, and Ivanka is doing phenomenally well. Uh, and, uh, you know, my children have been really wonderful, and I do have two wonderful sons. I mean, my, my boys are great, and Baron is a young version, I think, of Eric, frankly, because they're very tall and they look alike, et cetera, et cetera. But Don and Eric and Baron are just spectacular people. and. You know, I get so many uh, compliments, and then Ivanka is Ivanka. You know Ivanka very well. You've had her on your show, and uh, she's a star. She's absolutely a star, and so supportive of me, and so supportive of what I'm doing. And they do have great attitude, and I, I do. I get so many people come up to my office, and they want to have their children come up and meet me because they want their children to be like mine. Do you sometimes wish you had a little bit more of their, what she called... Well, my, my children have a lot of drive. Don't, you don't want to see them sometimes. I will, I will say this. They're very, they're very strong. Uh, they are very, um, they have great heart. They have great heart. All of my children have a wonderful, wonderful feeling for people. They love people. That's why they want me to do what I'm doing, because they know I do it well. They know I'll bring the country. You know, we have the expression, make America great again. They know I will make America great again. The world isn't going to take advantage of us anymore. We, you look at what the world is doing to us at every level, whether it's militarily or in trade or at so many other levels, the world is taking advantage of the United States. And it's driving us into literally being a third world nation. Anderson, I travel all over the world and I land at airports the likes of which you've never seen, uh, whether it's in Qatar or Dubai or places in China, the likes of which you have never seen. And then we come home and we land at LaGuardia with potholes all over the place or we land at LAX or Kennedy or Newark and you look at what we have and where we've gone. It's time to rebuild our country. I you just welcomed a new grandson. And I really appreciate your statement. Thank you. You just welcomed a new grandson. Uh, his name is Theodore. Any chance you're going to call him Crying Ted? No, I don't think so. I, I, said, I said, well, actually, isn't Ted's real name Raphael? I, I think so, right? Because that was one of the questions I did have to ask. Yes, I, it is. It I, doesn't matter. You know told. what? Uh, Theodore Roosevelt is somebody that Jared and Ivanka have long studied and respected, tough, strong, and it's Theodore James. And that's what they really had in well, mind. Well, congratulations on that. And thank you very much thank for you. talking thank with us. Thank you very us. much. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Uh, Donald Trump back with John Kasich after this show break. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.